Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Cramer. We're live from Post 9 at the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures. We get started with the trading day. It's a hump day, right, Jim? Yeah, it's Wednesday. Oh, you bet it is. Yeah, baby. All right. Now, you see, we look like we may have a bit of a higher open. Let's get to our roadmap this morning. We'll start with the markets. The S&P 500 posted its highest close since August of 2022. You're going to want to hear what Treasury Secretary Yellen as well told CNBC about the economy. Yep. Also ahead, cryptos in the crosshairs in the wake of those SEC lawsuits against Coinbase and Binance. Of course, we were uh, joined by Chair Gensler of the SEC on this very program yesterday. We'll give you the latest. Plus the AI effect on stocks. What Goldman Sachs is saying about the chances for further upside All right, let's uh, start with that market rally. S&P coming off what was its highest close in months. The NDX, that's riding a four-day win streak. Some other stocks, Tesla riding a significant win streak. Oh, and Netflix. Um, You know, it's like the old days. When you say it's like the old days, what does that mean? It means that analysts don't have anything to say. Uh, It's early June. They feel they have to put out these thumb-sucking pieces. Raising targets to Netflix, raising targets to Amazon. We'll get to this one on Amazon they, from Bernstein in a minute, too. These people are paid. They're yeah, they got to do something. They have to do something. And by the way, we sit here, we got to do something, too. We all have to do something. Yes. I think it's important. It's, I, it's good to be busy. Yeah. Or at least try to be busy. So, I'm just trying all right. to breathe. Frankly, I'm just trying to breathe. So, yeah, it's not that easy to do that. Um, who knew these Canadian wildfires? Uh, back to the market, my friend. Yes. Sir. And being like old times. Expand on that thought. Okay. So you have something like David Costin, whom we like very much. He talks about how artificial intelligence, which, of course, is NVIDIA, uh, could really spur growth. We have Netflix saying an ad tier plus the idea of borrowing passwords out is going to boost numbers. Ad tier turns out to be worth more than we thought. We have a sense that at this very moment, crypto hangs in the balance. And yet we don't have the Justice Department doing anything, so it really doesn't hang in the balance. Okay, right. That's not. It's, it's only civil right now from the it's SEC, only not criminal, so it's a lot of fines, right. potentially, if they win. And then, David, the most important thing, the most important piece Tell me. today is, once again, someone saying, look, Amazon's about to have a major move. Now, the Amazon major move story, David, is front and central with what people like to talk about. Because Amazon is pre NVIDIA, what people talked about. Well, let's talk about it now. Um, you're referring, I believe, because you and I, you know, like, we don't well, like to talk it. before the show. We like to lay, have it all I, be I, I organic. I don't like to talk to you, period. Uh, <laughs> what? What is it? <laughs> making, making an album. Right, we, you want to just not talk to each other now? No, no, look, no. Let's, That's let's, not true. Will you stop trying to create the sense that, okay, so, you know. A, okay, so right. Amazon, there's some I'm talking about the. I'm talking about this Bernstein story, as are you. Well, I'm, I'm, um, I'm Andrew Jassy. I'm going to say return to center. He's the CEO. Okay. The, who are you to write it? I'm worth billions. Who are you? I don't know. You're worth nothing. Mark Schmulek wrote this piece. Mark it's called Schmulek. Amazon Bring Back Day One. A sell-sider goes activist. It's the Bernstein analyst. Has a price target of 140. Says it's his best idea in this area, and it's uh, uh, there. He says they're pursuing too many ideas, and weaker ideas yeah, they are killed taking 37 away projects. the oxygen. They killed 37 projects in the last three weeks. What does he want? 
What does know. he want he, them to go what back does he to? Want? He wants them to divest Wolks. and seek outside funding or trim spending across healthcare. He wants them to exit underwater to international markets. He wants them to make a call on physical grocery as Walmart is leading that category. They, they are making a big move in physical Allocate grocery. more resources to buy with Prime, build that Amazon Media, and reevaluate same day and next day. By the way, okay. that's what he wants. Who knows? If he's so unhappy, he should go cover another company. <laughs> This was such a, a cell psychos activist. Wait, I mean, why don't you inject yourself? When I was a reporter, well, it's working, at by the way. age of 24. It's working, by we're talking about him. I know. We're well, talking we're t- about oh. him. It worked. Well, it's because he picked a day where he knew that other than Chris Lick's firing, there was nothing to talk about. Uh, oh, there's always something to talk about. No, so I, many other things. I have tons. I'm just saying, look, let me stop being facetious about this. Yeah. I have attacked Chassis directly, saying, listen. You are spending too much money on too many different things. I didn't write a letter. You know why? Because we have a TV show. And they can write letters all they want. You don't need to write no stinking letter. Exactly, yeah, Eli you, Wall. You, you, now, listen, you, here, you talk more than any single man on TV. Well, my notes, I think, must be hurt. So here's what, what's really going on. They hired too many people. They fired more than 20,000 expensive people in headquarters. They're not living efficiently because they're trying to figure out whether to take on Walmart on the same day. Because same-day food is good. In the meantime, the market has coalesced around liking Walmart more than Amazon. But Amazon has a number of projects that aren't making money. Jassy is pledged to get rid of them. To get rid of them. Listen so in the meantime, we have a triple trough. You saw that Mark Mahaney piece over this week. Yep. I think Amazon's about to have a major move. And they've been, they've been meeting with investors. I spoke to one who they met with. And they're talking still about improving delivery times to get more efficient. And that will drive so many other things. It's they true, still are though. in the belief of that. I would point out M Science put out some data, I think, this morning about AWS citing its growth rate slowing again in May. But this, That's got the attention of some hedge okay, funds this so, morning. So I attacked them on that. I said, listen, you're going from 33 down to 10, line in the same right, 10. Right, now they got them at 9.3. <clears throat> okay, so. Up 9.3. Hey, let me tell you why. That's, that, by the way, that's just M science. Let me tell you why that's so excited. And I don't wonder if you were to be hurt. Yeah. Because if you go listen to the fable keynote of Jensen Wong, you know that that's about to accelerate to levels that are like what Costin says. At goal, at, the reacceleration at goal. Of, the, of the cloud as a result of right. AI so usage. So this is very short-sighted. This okay. is the kind of thing that I've come quite used to in my well, let's get back to the bigger nature. question, which is not short-sighted. It looks back five years. I don't know if we have it, but, well, I mean, Amazon stock has materially underperformed its closest mega cap, closest mega cap peers by 52%, well, despite revenues up by a CAGR of 24%, and AWS being five times larger than it was. By the way, advertising now being okay, a $38 look, billion dollar business. Those of us who've had the go-around with these guys, I mean, the go-around's been very serious and not friendly. They've come to admit, yes, AWS is slowed, but they're at an inflection point because of AI. So you can go drill down in the month of May, which I have, and I think it'll come in at 7.83 in growth, maybe even as high as 7.84. Who the cares? What Matt, I was using the, the term from I was, when I didn't talk. There it is. There's, using, the, there's the look. The, I was um, using the chart I was looking the, for, uh, just putting it in some perspective. People. You see yeah. Apple, Google, Microsoft, all far ahead. There Meta no, not. Meta not. There is no doubt about it that they're the biggest winner when it comes to data other than Azure. 
the data that's going to be stored. All right. Well, let's get back to this then AI-driven market because you're talking about AI driving AWS yes. and therefore driving Amazon stock. Absolutely. It's been the theme that's driven so many of the other names that we've been talking about lately. NVIDIA, of course, chief amongst them. Let me come to you with uh, something I had a conversation about this morning, which is AMD. There's a belief that AMD is a beneficiary, but many people all come back and say, you know what? They don't have it. My Chapel Trust they has, don't have it. has this AMD. Their, um, their chip is not as good. By any means. As They're the, still relying on the PC and the data center for CPU. There is CPU. CPU, 95% right now. GPU, 5%. It's going to switch to GPU, but 95%. But it's going to switch quickly so enough to actually, make, to actually it reach these AMD. targets that are out there this no, year? AMD has a cheaper version. Intel has nothing. That's why I believe they're selling a lot of Mobileye. Mobileye was a good acquisition. But, David, AMD, as much as it, it's painful for me because my child ch- ch- just has a big position, is just nowhere near NVIDIA. Well, no one is. But you wouldn't think about trimming that position in I your sold some real, trust? I sold some on Monday. You sold some on Monday? AMD, yes, I did. No kidding. Yeah, highly unusual for me to sell some. But I, I've seen what Jensen's doing. And you can't go against him. Now, let me give you a classic example. Last night, I had Jack in the Box on. Jack in the Box has taken AI and basically said to the person who does the drive through uh-uh, you're gone. We're using AI. Why? AI has not been able to be fooled. AI gets the order right. Now, that's a good example. Now, Jensen did not focus on that. He's more focused on it being a good co-pilot. Right. But think about that. You have Jack in the Box, 2,000 stores. They're going to be rolling it out. That's people being proactive about AI. Think about the labor savings. That one person costs maybe $24 an hour. See you later. See you later. Replaced with someone who doesn't exist, who doesn't get the order wrong. It's not a someone. It's a a something. Well, I mean, now, get this. The greatest thing, upsell. AI knows how to upsell you. They can sell you, right, would you like the mint milkshake? Mm. The odds are that with AI, you'll take it versus the human who can't. That's AI. Right? It's the mint milkshake. If you have no other takeaway from the show on the mint milkshake. I don't like mint milkshakes. And Chris Lake, of course. Who drinks? And of course, Chris Lake. Who drinks mint milkshakes? I hope you're drinking mint tea, though. It was meant for... This thing's hanging on, by the way. I know. Oof. And it's worrying me. That's great. I'm talking about my health on there. Don't, all right. Don't worry. But, You're uh, going to be all right. But, uh, You're indestructible. See, the fact is, is that you can't breathe the air. I think it's playing a big role. Now, that was just a... That was, all right. That was you want to move on to crypto? Because I know you have a lot to say there. Okay. Let's so. do that. Let's move on from the wildfires. Of course, that is right. impacting, by the way, not just New York, but I think Philly as well. Who knew, frankly? I, I, Washington, D.C. Um, we'll see when the wind changes. Let's right, turn so. to crypto, though. I am shocked. No, I'm going <clears> to <throat> read something here first. Jeez, I'm going to set up the story. The day after the SEC sued Coinbase, alleging the company was operating as an unregistered exchange and broker, Coinbase's CEO, Brian Armstrong, was on Squawk earlier today to respond. We were disappointed to see this complaint from the SEC because I feel like we've had a long history of being very transparent with them and really every regulator around the world that we've worked with. We're going through time and, you know, Chair Gensler has statements to Congress saying that he doesn't feel he has the authority to regulate this industry. And we're seeing conflicting statements from the CFTC and the SEC chair. And we even filed a formal petition with the SEC asking them for clarity about a number of points in the law, which they never responded to. And then this Wells notice and and a complaint arrives. And so this isn't good for America. Um, It's not good for the industry, obviously. And we now need to go get clarity from the courts. It's not good good for America, Jim. I love someone who comes on air. 
and gives a completely ill-advised series of statements. Why, would, why were those ill-advised? Because Gensler came on yesterday and said, listen, we've gone on forever. You need to be, a re- you need to be regulated. You have securities. This is America. So this man, Mr. Armstrong, with a straight face, says a lot of things that sound very compelling that are completely at odds with the 1933-1934 Act, which have stood as well as a country, which I've actually studied and spent a lot of time on. Right. And he quite will. There. In other words, what I'm saying is I can't believe this guy has our guts to come on our air and say something that's completely uh, contrary to a man who actually runs a commission that determines determines what should be. He's allowed to come on and say what he wants. I mean, he's allowed to try and come on and defend his his, uh, company. Yesterday, the SEC chair said to us, these companies, their business model is based on non-compliance. There are two companies. One is, one, they're saying is just an outright fraud. They're saying it's going to be like Sam Bankman-Fried, they co-mingle. Where was the judge? The Justice Department should have filed something this very morning. Because if you read the brief, it's Binance. They say there's going to be two billion. It's just gone. Okay. This man, on the other hand, is saying, "Listen, there's Congress is doing this, and these two people are doing that." No, you see, we have a commission. All right, let's 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 listen to the commission again. Let's re up what we heard from Gensler the yesterday. The government. Take a listen. These trading platforms—they call themselves exchanges—are commingling a number of functions, which in traditional finance. We don't see the New York Stock Exchange also operating a hedge fund, making markets, uh, and as we alleged in Binance, having a sister organization uh, uh, flooding the platform with transactions called wash trading and the lack of controls on the platforms uh, is really uh, a web of deception and conflicts. Jim. Uh, Armstrong said, or the courts will figure it out. So what do you think happens? I think that that Armstrong loses because the commission is a very open and shut case. You believe that? Yes, because they're saying, listen, regulate. Accept our regulation and everything goes away. Just be transparent. Not a hard case. Finance is not SEC. That's, that's got to be justice. Yep. But I just... Look, I mean, the pleading is the pleading. It's very, very clear. Armstrong loves to come on well, and say they've done nothing wrong. They end up that they get a Congress. fine, that they have to change their business, but they stay in business. It's not as though the Justice Department is along with the SEC yet. Exactly. But why not? Why not accept the fact that we do have regulation in this country? You can't just go against regulation. You can't just say, you know what? We are a shadow institution. And we have every right to be a shadow institution. And no one has any right to regulate us. Because you know what? This is called the United States of America. Stuck with it. Sometimes like it. Sometimes don't. It works. Best capital markets in the world. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. I'll, I'll, thank you, Jim. For those capital markets. I'm sorry. I bothered to read this stuff. After the break, I wasted we're three talk. years at Harvard Law. Well, totally wasted. Because yes. what I learned was that the government actually is in charge. But what a stupid school that I went to. Stupid. I should never finish at the top of the damn class. What the hell was that? He's already throwing things. Wow. I don't even know what you're upset about. Just as corporate. I've finished at the top of corporate. When we come back, we're going to talk 
waste of time. Discovery. Cost Sorry, a I don't mean to laugh. Too, it. But I managed to get the I bought the calls in the uh, SoCal. CNN Question. Chief Chris Licht uh, is stepping down. Press release is out. He stepped down as chairman and CEO of CNN Worldwide. We'll discuss that a bit. Let's give you a look at futures. We open 15 minutes from now. Looking for a bit of a higher open. More squawk in the street. Straight ahead. Let's turn to uh, CNN, of course, a uh, wholly owned um, unit of Warner Brothers Discovery, confirming Chris Licht uh, is out as the company's chairman and chief executive. That's effective immediately. He steps down after just one year, a little over a year in the job. David Zaslov, the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, saying the job of leading CNN was never going to be easy, especially at a time of huge disruption and transformation. And he, meaning Mr. Licht, has poured his heart and soul into it. While we know we have work to do as we look to identify a new leader, we have absolute confidence in the team we have in place and will continue to fight for CNN and its world-class journalism. Uh, you know, some reports have uh, uh, EBITDA at CNN going from a billion to about 750 million, Jim. It's kind of where, where you and I think about things. Maybe it was worth 10 times, so you've lost $2.5 billion in, in value at CNN. Right. But David Zaslav just informed me, standing by his guidance on cash flow, below four times lever by the end of the year. Uh, that has been the investment case. I, I do believe in Mr. Zaslav. I think he can do it. Obviously, linear TV is in the front and center of everything we read. I have Brinker on tonight, which is Chili's. When they want to initiate a campaign, and they are one of the largest in the country, they still go linear. They still go linear. And the I think question, that's very important. The question important. for Warner Brothers Discovery is their ability to deliver on that free cash flow in the second half of this year and whether they're going to be successful in doing that in part to actually lower their leverage ratio exactly. to the extent that they say they're going to and get down to below four times. So that's a key for the company. Um, and given the advertising environment and given, of course, what continues to be an accelerated rate of cord cutting from the bundle, uh, that is still a key question mark. Now, I want to go back to right. Mr. Lick for a minute because the changes at CNN really in some ways seem to have been initiated from a man who has great influence and somebody that I've been close to for many years and thankfully interview every year. That's John Malone. We did an interview back in, when was it, Kerry? It was 21, right, where he said this about CNN. I would like to see CNN evolve back to the kind of journalism that it started with and, uh, you know, actually have journalists, which would be unique and refreshing. I think uh, uh, Coward's way out would be to sell it <laughs> or spin it off and then sell it, do it in some tax efficient way. I do believe that that good journalism could have a, a, a role in this future uh, portfolio that Discovery uh, Time Warner is going to represent, but uh, you know I'm I'm just one one voice here. He is just one voice. Remember, he gave up his 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 voting control at Discovery when they did the deal. Didn't get paid a premium for it as well. But the question is, that's a view of the world that may not exist anymore when it comes to these news networks. Thankfully, not our own because we still have to deal in facts every day because there's money at stake. But. They're, you know, they go down their lane. And it's not clear, Jim, that, that there is that world that Malone may have imagined and perhaps that Zaslav in part imagined also because yeah, of Malone's uh, comments. Uh, I think Zaslav did imagine. Now, the great Ron Chernow, uh, who's one of the greatest, I think, historians of our time, love Ron Chernow. talked about how Hamilton versus Jefferson, they hate each other. Hamilton actually put it out a bogus newspaper every day. 
So it's not like this is something new in America. However, it is something that has defined Fox as an organization that makes more money. Now, CNN, once again, I mean, David Zaslav, just reaffirming how strong the franchise is. But, you know, David, I think that there were issues involving a piece in Atlantic this week. Oh, my God, a 15,000-word piece. I read every word of it. That was devastating. Yeah. And so Aaron Burnett, our friend Aaron Burnett. Yes. Uh, Anderson Cooper apparently came out against. Uh, these are people whom we all respect in the business. You can't lose, can't lose the key people. No, you can't lose key no. people. So, but again, if, if Mr. Zaslav is right, and I care more about the numbers than anything else, of course, then uh, you can stick by the stock. This is a this is a big media story. Will it have an imp- really impa- impact on the stock? No. The question is much more about whether those linear networks can hang in there long enough, and whether they can really trans right. move to true profitability on their streaming product. And we know that sports Max. sports works. So if Apple decided Apple's in MLS, if Apple's decided, you know what, we want the NBA. That, the NBA the is going to be a big question mark for Warner Brothers Discovery. In fact, a much bigger question mark than the future of totally CNN, true. some would argue. All right, coming up, we'll get Jim's mad dash. We'll count you down to the opening bell. A lot more squawk on the street when we come back. All right, let's squeeze in a mad dash, Jim, and then we'll have an opening bell moments from now. Mark Klaus is one of my favorite executives in the food industry. He's the CEO of Campbell's. Came out this morning, did not deliver the quarter I'd like to see. I do have him on this evening. Uh, the gross margins decreased for some key elements. He did talk about how uh, they had some volume. Some volume mixed pressure. Now, that's not anything that you want. Uh, the stock is going to get hit today. Organic net sales decreased 1%, and that is not what you want. People are beginning to worry that the package food groups peak. They've had their time with the COVID, and they're going down. People felt that way about the yesterday. It's extremely hard to hear, and I understand that. But I do point out that the group is going to be under pressure. The group's under pressure. That that happens here sometimes. That was the opening bell. Take a look at the real-time exchange. Costco. You're at the big board, by the way. That was a payment provider, Pfizer, celebrating... That's why they're celebrating. It transferred from the NASDAQ to the NYC. We're going to speak to CEO Frank Vizignano. Over at the NASDAQ, Costco celebrates 37 years. And they're very proud. On the NASDAQ, uh, Mr. Galanti's here, the CFO. Uh, they are calling every company that sells into them and say, you roll back your prices. That's why Costco and Walmart are turning out to be the two big winners during this period. Target not, in part because of the boycott. The dollar stores, because they've not been able to uh, represent the value that they have at one point. Everybody else is just, eh. So Costco and Walmart, you believe, are actually taking prices down, and that's why they're... Yes. Walmart's taking some- prices down for its private label. Costco's uh, informing everyone, look, we went from 8% to 3% inflation in food. But guess what? You want to sell into us? You do this. I once, at one point, sold a product into Costco. Here's the way it worked. Tell me. Jim, you're selling it for X. Guess what? You're now selling it for half X, or you're not selling it at all. So you say, well, listen, I'd like to negotiate that. And they say, okay, you're not selling it at all. It very, put the company out of business. Well, yeah, no, I remember my first, my first Walmart documentary many, what, my, almost 20 years ago. 
the rooms where they would have the, the buyers uh, and meet with the prospective sellers. And the leverage that Walmart had at the time, of course, um, in terms of saying, hey, that's not going to work for us. And no. if you don't get on the shelves there, but if you do, you're in business, and if you don't, you don't have a business. Right, but I want people to understand that, that was the, back 20 years these ago. two companies, as well as Amazon, are doing their very best to yeah. be able to lower prices. And I am always concerned when I look at the baskets that are in the CPI that they don't overweight Costco, Walmart, and Amazon. And they should, because those are remarkable institutions when it comes to price cutting. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to some. We, we didn't hit a lot of research. We talked a lot about Amazon with this Bernstein note, uh, you know, about a sell side analyst going activist. But let's talk Netflix, which is up 3.6%. Number of different positive notes. Um, well, somewhat positive. Wells Fargo, the long and winding road ahead for advertising, uh, focused on Netflix. Right. And then JP Morgan uh, also saying some positive things, I believe, here in terms of their paid sharing opportunity following the rollout in late May to 100-plus markets. All right, so what you have to do is you go back to my interview with Jeff Green at Trade Desk over this week. Trade Desk said that the profitability of the ad tier is dramatically greater than what anyone thought. And that is why you raised numbers, Netflix. I, I found it shocking. I did not realize how many people don't mind watching commercials, particularly the way that Netflix presents them. And that's why the stock deserves to trade hard. Okay. Off of the trade desk comments okay. by Jeff Green. Got it. Um, for their part, J.P. Morgan says, it would seem logical the 70 billion plus TV ad marketplace will be easy pickings for Netflix's ad-supported tier. In fact, we think just 8.7 billion is currently up for grabs, and that's the ad value that non-sports linear that also isn't locked up by media companies that are upfront deals. Well, David, do you think that Bob Iger did not get enough uh, attention at the Apple rollout? Because there's a lot of people who say that Disney is the one of the worst performing stocks in this end, and yet has so many things going for it, including a relationship with Apple, and that there's just no pulse here. What what is happening at Disney? What is happening? I mean, they're combating a lot of different things. Obviously, parks are strong. They are by far the only true earnings engine at the company and will be for some time. This is a company not earning anywhere near what it was back in 2019. It added a lot of debt as a result of the pandemic. It's had a CEO change. It's got a current CEO in place. It's got to find a successor within, let's call it, the next 15 months. Less than that, actually. Going to be stepping down at the end of 24, right? Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the plan? Um, and facing those same headwinds that we talk about so often with linear cable networks having a very difficult time. Wow. Because of a shrinking universe of potential Jeez. viewers. Um, and trying to make a decision about sports. Back to that. Back to the NBA. What are you going to do, right? They, uh, $2.7 billion now. It's probably going to be a $5 billion David, you're contract. you're in an existential crisis. And, and yet, if they, Netflix is at $180 billion. You're telling me that Disney just, like, got out of everything that it was losing money, maybe? No. Listen, no. the last time that Netflix's market cap exceeded that of Disney, it was smart to short one and buy the other. Wow. Right? All right, the heck with Disney. No, we, I we just said it was smart no. to actually short one, being well, Netflix and buy Disney. Because Disney then came back and had double the market cap than Netflix. No, you're right. You're right. But I was busy working on who really owns Paramount from Warren Buffett. Who what? Owns Paramount within... Uh, Oh, the Berkshire athlete. Yeah. I, because I, the Champions League, when I look at what's going on, when I look at what's going on with Manchester United, yeah. of course, when I look at what's going on with the story that you broke yesterday, I yeah. wonder whether the Champions League isn't worth more than the $10 billion that Paramount's worth. That's a good question. Uh, I've I made the point. Can't, $10 billion for Paramount. I remember 
20, oh my God, 30 years ago, when it was uh, when the fight for the Paramount Studio ended with a $10 billion deal, Sumner Redstone buying it, beating out Barry Diller, having to buy Blockbuster, by the way, just to help to help pay for Paramount, the acquired cash flows of Blockbuster, helping to uh, service the debt there. Um, you know, speaking of Paramount for Berkshire, one uh, literally probably one point of Apple makes up for the entire position. I know. And here we are with Apple once again, Jim, very close to, if not in record territory, a $2.83 billion market value. You say buy it, don't trade it. Yeah, well, I, look, I think that now there's a note today of which I'm, I'm not a buyer. This is a note. Um, we often have what Dan Ives on. Splendid guy. And talking about how you want to own Apple for the 15. Now, that's just not true. You don't want to own it for the 15. Is it $220 target rate to a You want to own it because of the ecosystem. You want to own it because of Brazil, because of the Philippines, because of India. You want to own it because three straight months, the service revenue has gone up. That had ceased to go up. It was a flat line. So what I say is, is that Apple's in splendid position, but please stop it with the buy it because of the 15, the 14, the 16. That is a sucker's bet. You buy it because of the ecosystem and because they make an unbelievable product. I will, I will go. I don't know if you're going to go watch the, their um, new device. Where but are you going to watch their new device or use their new device? They'll show, show yeah. it to me. But what matters is that they often start with something that's a canvas, a plain canvas. And then they develop a canvas that is uh, not that expensive for some people, use another. But quite different from what Metaverse is trying to do, which have an inexpensive canvas. Yep. So I don't know. I think that you own Apple because it's an innovator and a great technology company with great customer service. Not because of any particular iteration of anything, because that's what's kept people out and it's kept my people in. Um, my people, who the heck are I don't know who your people subscribe are. Uh, why is Tesla up every day, Jim, including today? Any ideas? <laughs> it, it's very hard to reconcile, frankly. Um, particularly because By the way, Tesla's back to a $720 billion market value. So it's behind NVIDIA, but not behind much else. I mean, you know, I know it's, it's like number it's, seven. And that, that helps, you know, the Twitter, the, he paid $44 billion for it. Elon, I mean, maybe he's down $25 billion on that. Maybe it's worth $20 bill. I don't know. Fidelity's marketed at 15 you know, David, Who cares? He's up, you know, he's made it up already now again to in, in Tesla. I to my partner. But I think that when we saw what was going on there, when you interviewed him, yes. we realized that it's just a win, that he can make cars cheaper than everyone. Now, Neo reports on Friday in China. But what's amazing is, is this is amazing in Mongolia. This is a man who seems to please every regime in the world. Imagine Berlin, Beijing, Washington. Yeah, and even then, though and then you get the likes of Macron meeting with him and saying, please, Macron. what can you do here in France? I know. So, um, I mean, he's... It's his, but it's back his to the question, you seem somewhat puzzled as to why the stock has well, had this because, move. You know, I did a lot of work on the chart, which I know is often just valueless, but the chart was, according to Larry Williams, the best in the, in the book four weeks ago, 75 points ago. Can't disagree with that. David, you've been following the travails of some By the way, that that that's an important point that he's want to make that he has been wanting to make, Musk, which is his his automobiles are not that expensive anymore. Hmm. You know, they're not viewed, I guess, with the price cuts and with the tax break. 
that they are not that expensive. But David, um, and he may start advertising as well. Remember, because they well, that came out of maybe yeah, NFL a little bit at well, we'll but, see. He's, he he didn't say where or how, but no. but I want to go back to the idea that the oil companies still are very unthreatened by EV. They just you know Mike Worth, who's now become the statesperson for the industry, talking about natural gas remains the transition. Uh, fuel. United States, obviously uh, going to be a big exporter of oil. It, it hasn't, uh, there's a new refinery being built for the first time. Are you not surprised that this industry is not in decline, given the fact of what, what can be built? Well, when you speak to people who seem more realistic, perhaps, and what really is uh, uh, possible without plunging the world into uh, darkness and or depression, you know, they talk about a 20- or 30-year transition. Right. And so uh, many investors may agree with that. And the therefore, the ability, to, not to mention, of course, I mean, you know, decarbonized shipping, decarbonized uh, uh, flying. De- I mean, you've got a lot of things where, where fuel is used beyond automobiles, not to mention, obviously, for a lot of other uh, areas as well. Fertilizer. I mean. But what, yes. But what's amazing to me is, is that there's more money being spent plastics. right now on infrastructure, in oil and gas, than I can recall. And yet you would think that's counterintuitive. You would. You'd, that, that would be something of a surprise. Yes. The fact that where are we going to be? Potentially as high as 14 million barrels of oil a day produced in this country to, by next year? Or? Which brings me to Darren Woods' unrecognized speech last week. Tell me. He gave a speech. Which Darren Woods about, is the CEO of Which you had Mobile. an unbelievable piece on. Uh, yeah, almost a year ago, we aired our documentary on Exxon. He's talking about technologies that's going to make it so that we're producing dramatically now, dramatically more oil than people think, dramatically. And I think he has become a visionary. We are going to be such a power in oil that we'll be laughing at stories about the Saudis cutting back. We'll care more about the Saudis in golf than we're about Saudis in oil. A lot of people care about the Saudis in golf, I learned after, Jesus, uh, people after yesterday. Yeah, I know you and I are not aficionados in no, the game. No, um, I will say this. Uh, it's an M&A deal. Obviously, why I became and got uh, was focused on it. Uh, that is the merger between the Live Golf, Saudi Control, uh, and the PGA. Um, a lot of pushback on Jay Monahan during the course of yesterday Jeez. in terms of how could you possibly have said all these things, kept these players on the tour, you know, and said you're doing a patriotic duty by not taking the money from Live Golf and then turn around and do what you're doing. Uh, Rory McIlroy, by the way, one of the one of those, in fact, one of the more important of the, that contingent, he'll be speaking, I believe, a little later this morning uh, at the beginning of a tournament. And we'll monitor his comments, actually, come back to them, see if he's I'm here, I hear he may, gentleman. there is an expectation that he may be perhaps more supportive of the deal than really? would have been thought. Delightful gentleman, very thoughtful. We will see. Stayed at my house for the PGA. Did he really? Yeah, for yeah. the bottle straw. It did not do well. Uh, ate all my chocolate. But then gave me a box of chocolate. Well, there you go. He's a nice man. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about this story at Reuters that says Salesforce's Benioff is shaking up his top ranks? They're citing a source. Uh, You're my source for all things Salesforce. uh, Look, I've been trying to get this confirmed. My problem with uh, getting it confirmed is that Mark talked about on air that, uh, look, he's going to run his company pretty much like everybody. If you don't deliver, you don't deliver. 
That now I mean, that sounds almost Miguel uh, Milano, Chief Revenue Officer, and Ariel Kelman, Salesforce. He was not happy with his revenue for the quarter. It had dropped to the lowest in many years. Uh, he did blame macro forces, but this is a new Mark Benioff. If you don't deliver, you're gone. And I think that this is all in preparation for a terrific uh, Dreamforce and a very big launch, we know, uh, that you'll be involved with, you'll see, next week. Big yeah. launch coming. Big launch. Yeah. Remember, his AI is, is actually pretty bad. That's, you know, again, for investors to sort through your AI versus your AI versus yours and what is actually going to break through and what is going to become a meaningful generator of revenues and profits at various companies but is what, still a key what, question. What company do you think was mentioned most uh, positively by Jensen Wong about the actual plumbing? And the answer is not Marvell. Who was it, Jim? I don't know. Cadence Design. Oh, you said Cadence. Yeah, Mr. Right. Devkin, who was driven. I had an interview with him. I had no idea the level and, of importance that he is. I mean, Ken Griffin from Citadel, of course, says, we're still way ahead of ourselves here. It will be transformative, but it's still the early innings. Obviously, it is. Cool. But, you know, a lot of hype on near-term implications of general Well, look, AI, I mean, I think the problem is, is when does it become the pilot, not there the co-pilot? Yeah. And then, of course, my other question, when does it actually gain full consciousness, become smarter than we are, and want to destroy humanity. Andreessen says not going to happen. I'm not so sure. Before we head to break, let's give you a bond report. We should do the bond report according to ChatGPT. Why don't we write, have the ChatGPT write up our bond report for us? It'll have a lot more to say than I do. She's just looking at a chart and saying, hey, the two-year yield's 4.5%. We're back after this. There they are, top gainers on the S&P, led by two names that we hit. Uh, Tesla, oh, oh, Stanley Black and Decker just moved into number two. Tesla, man, just keeps going higher. Incredible. There it is, $725 billion market value. And We're back dish, dish, this. back in play. Oh, yeah, dish. Fiserv, ringing the opening bell, officially transferring to the NYSE from the NASDAQ, now trades under the ticker FI. Fiserv's chairman and CEO Frank Bisignano joins us here at Post 9. Second largest listing transfer in exchange history, largest in 10 years. I want to ask you about that, Frank, and it's good to see you. But let's start off with some news. Because yeah. here, Wall Street Journal today, I'm just showing you the headline. Lawmakers try again to curb Visa MasterCard fees with broader support. You're in the middle of this. Where do you sit in terms of that effort? Are you for it, against it, and whatever it may be, why? Yeah, I mean, we, we enable commerce every way humanly possible. So our job is to support merchants and issuers. And whatever way people are going to transact, whether it's P2P, whether it's cards on the rail, we're supportive of it. So really want to support both sides of our client base always. And, and you know, we'll always have change. We have Zelle, we have Venmo, we have multiple avenues. So I think it's common practice to try to change methods of payment and to enable more methods of payment. So for, for us, we're supportive of our client base. Which means what, though? I mean, the big banks and networks and their trade groups have lobbied against this bill. Are you against it? Uh, I'd say what we're for 
is what out what out consume what are good for consumers, good for merchants, and enable commerce. Is so, this good? Is this good for consumers? I think it's changed. You know, the question is, will I there be it consumers? Because it does have more support now, so it might have more reality, more chance at least to become. A yeah, reality. I mean, I mean, I think the reality of it is. These are tried and true methods that have been used for a very long time, has large consumer adoption, has large merchant adoption. To the extent there are other ways, and we've seen many other ways, we are supportive of every way that commerce down. Down network fees. And bring bringing down. commerce that easier for clients. Right. Consumer choice. Frank, consumer I, choice. I want to make some news here. I know your product, Clover. I was in the restaurant business. If you were to give away your product, you could blow up the whole industry, take it all by storm, probably get 100% marketplace. Why do you let these little fintech companies that are loved by Wall Street, but we know as merchants aren't any good, why do you even let them survive? They're Lilliputians. Why do you let them survive when you could own the whole landscape because your product's superior? Well, I mean, I, I, I like to think about it as uh, scale is a strategic advantage. Um, we've built out a platform like Clover from nothing to uh, an industry leader. Well, you've seen us do that in other areas, even in mobile banking. The way I look at it is uh, competition's good, but as you look at the company, we were the original FinTech. And, and for a moment, FinTech changed its being where it meant disrupt financial services. Right. I think it's back to where we always were, driving innovation for the benefit of both merchants and financial institutions. But, uh, but Frank, um, I'm, I'm a big believer, as you are, that people should make money, not lose money. I think people who are watching the show should understand that if Frank is involved, Frank wins, other guys lose. You like competition, but don't you also like winning? We like winning. We like winning in the client's office, and we like providing value to them. So I think we've been very fortunate, and uh, I appreciate I appreciate you know our client base, which I think is the best client base in the industry. Let's talk about that for uh, the last moment here. Uh, what are you seeing? You know, you have a sense for the economy given the small and medium-sized businesses you serve. How would you characterize business right now overall? I think the consumer is outspending. The consumers have spent They may have changed the exact areas, but uh, we get a swat of data around savings because of what we do for banks. Savings are still strong and spending still strong. Uh, it's obviously off of a ferocious peak, but if you look at it as normalized any other normal environment, it is very strong spending. Are you happy to be back at the exchange? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, it's good to have you here. Thank well, you. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Deserve you've done. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Fiserv. All right, real quick, what do you got on I've got tonight? Brinker, which is Eat, which is Chili's, and I think it's and then Campbell's. We'll have to explain the shortfall. Marvell cannot confirm the reason why it's up three, but they do have a good relationship with NVIDIA. Awesome. Thanks, Jim. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant 
its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer.